Chingona Rising, a letter of gratitude, apology, and acceptance. Early on, we both felt strongly that the tone of texts and emails could be easily misunderstood. While phone calls were acceptable, FaceTime, of course, was certainly preferable. I believe that the amount of misunderstandings and miscommunications we've had has grown exponentially since we became reliant on text to communicate with each other. I wanted to record this as a podcast, so if you choose to, you can hear my voice, my tone. My greatest hope is that you hear my tone as well as my heart, and that for just a moment, our hearts can hear each other as clearly as they once did. I truly am sorry that my love became destructive to both of us. I own that. I had never let go of the love of my life before, and certainly not while he was clearly hurting. I didn't know how to do it. In my mind, it was like I was hearing the Sade lyrics. You think I'd leave your side, baby? You know me better than that. You think I'd leave you down when you're down on your knees? I wouldn't do that. Then, my favorite line, that I always hugged you a little tighter because I wanted you to feel how much I meant it. When you're on the outside, baby, and you can't get in, I'll show you. You're so much better than you know. When you're lost and you're alone and you can't get back again, I'll find you, darling, and I'll bring you home. Honestly and sincerely, I thought I was showing you the strength of my love and devotion, not pushing you further away. Knowing my greatest desire when I would break up with you and run away was for you to find me and hold me and love me. I thought I was giving you the love and support you needed, but couldn't ask for. I know now that we are different people and we need different things, but my intentions were from a place of love. It's important to me that you know that. I really did feel horrible that I missed the text the night of our anniversary. I wish I hadn't been so blinded by the fear of a rage, yours or mine, that really wasn't coming, that I couldn't see it for what it was, a beautifully worded text of apology for a miscommunication filled with acceptance and love. I've come to realize in subsequent conversations, had it not happened that night, it would have just happened later. Thank you though, for writing such a sweet text. I'm so sorry I didn't see it for what it was at the time. While I thought we were living in a relationship that was as close to perfection as I could have ever imagined for the first year, you felt that we were sweeping things under the rug All of that would have come to light at some point, and that thoughtful text wouldn't have changed it. I deeply, deeply regret continually breaking up with you. It was a futile attempt to make the hurt stop. I wish you could have seen that. 
While the reaction was not productive, it is kind of the physical equivalent of bottling up my feelings. 40 plus years of not being able to stop what was happening to me, not being able to stop the hurt. I learned that I could run away to a place where it couldn't reach me, if only for a little while. I broke up with you over and over and over, not because I ever stopped loving you or because I really wanted you to go. But all of this hurt so fucking bad. I just wanted it to stop hurting. And as I mentioned earlier, there was a deep longing for you to pull me to you. It's strange to say thank you for allowing me to sit in the depths of confusion and self-doubt to the point of wanting to run, but thank you. Before we were together, I didn't realize what a big issue this was in my life. I looked at it as being tough or I don't have to take this, I can live without you. But it is destructive to a relationship and not accomplishing anything. My old therapist used to say old patterns and coping mechanisms come back in times of great stress, whether they served us or not. I'm examining it and working through it in therapy. My hope is that I'll have better emotional tools to deal with those feelings when they come up again. If I am ever again a fleeting thought in your mind, I hope time and space will allow you to see that my behavior changed based on the trust I had in you to expose old wounds and how you handled those wounds. The first year you treated them with more love, care, understanding, and genuine compassion than I have ever felt in my life. I know what real intimacy, real connection, and a genuine sharing of souls feels like because of our first year together. You made me feel beautiful in my imperfections, strong in my brokenness, and so deeply, deeply loved for the real me, not the show. Maybe that's why it hurts so bad too. It wasn't the show you were pushing away. It was me. Still, I'm grateful that you saw me from the beginning. You saw my quirks and eccentricities. You saw me as your buddy, your friend, your confidant, an intellectual, an achiever, a fighter. Thank you. The flip side of having known the warmth of your comfort and support was that when it was gone, it left a gaping hole behind. My behavior is mine to own. I chose to continually overstay my welcome each time you showed me kindness and support. On some level, it felt like 
that beautiful, sacred blessing was returning, and I was as desperate as a drowning man trying to grab it. Just like the panic of the drowning man, I also own that my desperation to get it back suffocated it. I inadvertently drowned the thing I wanted to cling to the most. My insecurities were magnified exponentially when you were back on Tinder so quickly after our anniversary. The embarrassment of being told, closing me out of Facebook, not speaking to me for stretches of time. There were definitely times that I was so secure in who I am and what I bring to the table that it didn't bother me. I thought it was something you needed to do. Feeling secure in the knowledge that I know I'm pretty amazing and what we had was spectacular. Any dates you may have had would have only served to solidify that for you. On the other hand, my deep insecurities would take over more often than I'm proud of. Ultimately, if I had walked away when I saw the very first screenshot, none of the rest would have happened. I own that too. Part of me is glad you didn't reach out to show me even the smallest amount of compassion, empathy, or concern last night. Had you shown that you cared in even the slightest way, the cycle would have started again. Without sarcasm, without snark, without anger, I feel peace. When I woke up this morning, I felt like a weight had been lifted. When I texted yesterday to ask you how you were doing it, how you could know I was falling apart and not come to me. At the time, I thought it was that you didn't care at all, that you'd never cared, that none of it mattered, that I didn't matter. But feeling this peace, my hope, is that you did it so we could both be at peace. I'm sure that we will still see each other at events around town. I hope we can smile and greet each other with fondness. There was a lot, a lot of good. Tiffany talks about right person, wrong time. Maybe that's us. Maybe the time wasn't right. Maybe it will be at some point down the road. A big part of me still prays that you come looking for me at the end of the summer, like we'd originally agreed. Or maybe we cherish the memories of our time together and learn from the lessons we taught each other. I'm not gonna lie. I looked at what I could see on your Facebook and I saw that your relationship status is gone. It stung. I wanted you to take that single off so badly for so long. Maybe it's the woman in the picture. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe you figure it's no one's business. Me being me, I assume you're in a relationship. If it is the woman with you in that picture, she has a kind face. And I hope you look inside yourself 
to heal what is hurting so you can be the best version of yourself for you and for her. The more I think about the last almost nine months, I begin to think it's been the course of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. First, the shock of you having had unspoken misgivings found me in a place of denial. This can't be happening. Then the anger. I've been angry with you and with myself. This all felt so unfair. And if only you could surrender to loving me again, everything would be fine. I think the quasi-acceptance of unfriending me, the dating sites, removing titles, all of that, those fell under bargaining. I felt like I could withstand all of it if I could just have you back. The fourth stage, depression. I've clearly been depressed for a while. I have felt so low, it seemed like I couldn't tell which end was up. And there was no way to fix this unfixable thing. Therefore, I told myself, I was defective. And I think when I was the most emotionally destructive to myself in further deepening the depression, the last step, acceptance. I think that's what this piece is. As much as I hate that it's Friday, the boys will be with their dad for a week, and you and I aren't together, that's where we're at. And it's oddly preferable to the hurt and upset that we have heaped on each other these last several months. I hope you find the time and the inclination to either read the letter or listen to me reading it. I've put a lot of thought and introspection into it. It's very important to me that our incredibly special, beautiful time together isn't reduced to just the ugliness of the last several months. We were so much more than that. And I hope in time you can remember me less as a woman who desperately held on for too long and instead as a sexy, magical, witty unicorn chingona. I wrote that letter about the man I knew, the man I'm grieving, that was unfair. I lost myself too. I am that badass writer boss who was asked to contribute to a book full of distinguished authors, strong women. The old me is coming back. I can feel it. I let her go. I also own that. I'm deleting the Anderson Wright's page because I don't want to remember the majority of those things. I don't want to remember our time together as a roller coaster of pain. Instead, I decided to start a new page called Chingona Rising, because I'm rising, baby. I build beautiful things from ashes. I create kingdoms from rubble. I'm going to springboard off the idea 
of authenticity, the book that I'm contributing to. I want to create a space that's accepting that fucking up and losing yourself isn't failure. It's the rising that counts. And mine is going to be mine, you fucking mental. Chingons are always welcome too, especially you. When I started this letter, I certainly did not think I would be closing it like this. I wish you peace, love, and happiness in all the forms, in all the ways. I'm still not going to wish you luck. That's for people without substance. Show them who you are, Papa. Rise. Deepest love. Anderson.